Welcome back to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, and with me is my uh, guest and, of course, my co-host, Martin Nunley. And we got a lot to talk about, so let's jump right back into it and let's uh, let's continue. Thank you. Yeah, and, and one of the things I was going to say about the, the giant, I had a friend who he is a shaman, like he, and he does, he actually... I've watched him remove an attachment from somebody. Uh, um, and I've seen this before. He's not the first Buddhist shaman I've seen do this. I had a, a Buddhist shaman who was Buddhist Christian. Now, that's going to sound weird to most people who are uninitiated, but Buddhism is technically a philosophy. Christianity is a religion. And and so he was a Buddhist by philosophy and Christian by religion, and he actually helped my brother. Uh, he helped bring him to Christ, and he helped remove an attachment um, I saw uh, my my godson's uh, stepdad remove an attachment, and one of the things that that he that I saw, the same thing he saw in my mind's eye when I was had my eyes closed, and I was like, you know, I was there in the room as he was doing this, and it there was this entity that looked it just I don't even want to get into it, but it, anyway, he described it to a T what I saw. It was the same thing, and it was like six of us, seven of us, I think. It was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people, I think, in the room. Uh, and so we all, we, we were witness to this, you know, and if you closed your eyes, you could see it. But uh, so anyway, this guy, and, and this is what gives him some validity, but he told me that this was his take on it, that there were giants in, on, on the earth at one time and that they had gone underground and that there were, there was a reptilian race that was responsible for the deception of, of mankind. Um, but the, and that them and the giants had basically switched places. Like the reptilians had gone underground and left the giants up here. And as, and they, cause they were fighting each other. And then the, the humans, us overpopulated, which we were the giants original like experiment. We, we were created by them. And that does not that's not to say that there isn't God, a one true God, um, but they were our progenitors, according to what he saw, and that they eventually we overpopulated and overcame them through technology that was that was fed to us by the reptilians, and then they let us basically uh, outlast and and defeat the giants. What was left of the giants went underground too, and they took up residence in a different part of the of the of the earth from these reptilians. Now, there's also this theory that there are different types of reptilians and that they have interbred with us and that they have a bloodline that goes you know on and on through leadership and all this other stuff and they are actually these reptilian hybrids are the ones that live above up here, you know, and that they are actively trying to find specimens of these giants um, so that they can create some sort of hybrids with them. That's yeah. That's, yeah, and, that's exactly what I had in my data actually, uh, for the giant of Kandahar. And there were more giants there, like I said, but they, they just got that one, the one giant that attacked, uh, the soldiers, uh, was the one they killed and they had a helicopter waiting to pick up its body. Um, it, well, it's I, like they did didn't airlift the, the soldiers out of there. The they just got the giant. What was I'm that? sorry, Jessica, to interrupt. Could you actually oh, see the other giants 
when you was remote viewing. I, I did. Location? I did. Well, I did detect other giants in the in in the mountain. Yeah, there was like a big cave there, and I, I detected at least one other one. Okay, so can you can you describe what it looked like for for us? It it actually looked very similar to any kind of pictures you've seen that have or like renditions of what the giant of Kandahar looked like. It looked very. They looked very similar to that. Hold on, let me pull out my um, my data, and I can. I actually did describe them. They were they were very primitive, okay, um, very primitive looking. They were they were huge. Let me see how big they red were. Red hair, Hudson. Yes, red hair. Yes, like wearing like animal pelts, you know, like a like a loincloth kind of stuff. Um, long hair, yeah, definitely long hair, and. Um, yeah, they were they're they were they're pretty fierce soldiers as well, and they were laying in wait. They were waiting for that second group of soldiers to show up. Uh, they were actually waiting for the first group as well, and they ambushed both sets of them. Uh, and it wasn't it wasn't just that one giant. There were there were multiple giants there. Um, there was that the one the one did get killed though, and uh, and that's the one that they they airlifted out of there. But like I said, the the military was looking for a specimen, according to my data. So it was it was I got twelve feet. Uh, they were it was twelve feet high, twelve feet in height. And the way I understand it too, um, from from talking to multiple people who've who've remote viewed and psychics, you know, I've t- talked to so many different types of people. Um, one guy told me that that that, that they are like kind of they regressed. And um, I kind of believe that, you know, like with the cynocephali, that they may have been created by the Anunnaki as the as the the keepers of the stargates, which is something that you find them in places of the dead, you know, whether they're they're the the world of the dead joins with the living, and that these giants kind of regressed, um, and that's it. That's all that I was really given, but I kind of took it and went went on my own tangent research, whatever. And and I started coming up with my own theories about this. And I mean, if we can postulate for a second here, um, I think that what happened was these these giants were very uh, uh, advanced at one time, but now the ones that you would find uh, living anywhere near the surface, they're very primitive. Um, like in the area near the Khyber Pass, there have been multiple conquerors have to have rode through there. Alexander, Genghis Khan, Tamerlane, you know, they've all gone through the Khyber Pass. And they, they, there are multiple accounts that, that I think were lost to history. Um, I had somebody that could see, she said she could, she could access the Akashic Records. Now, you could also stumble upon it by accident. I don't know if anybody that's listening here knows what that is. Jessica, do you understand or know what the Akashic Records are? Yeah, I, you know, I've I've talked about the Akasha records uh, several times, and they are a, just a record of your past, your present, your future, all your past lives, anything that you are, your life, your life path is destined to, and what you've done in your past. Yeah, and according to what what this person was claiming, they could see like the the different uh, interactions between the reptilians. The giants, the interbreeding, the just the whole thing, the whole thing, and and from what this person, well, it's not a person, it's persons, multiple persons that I've interviewed or talked to, 
who aren't really willing to come out and talk about it or whatever, but they, they'll give you their take on it. And there is a good deal of ridicule that goes along with it because they act like you're, you're, there's some sort of fiction going on here. But what it is is like, and from what I've been able to piece together, there was like a war, um, not only amongst the reptilians and the giants, but but for, to, to enslave mankind. One was going to be our master one way or the other. But the reptilians had another group of reptilians. They came from some wormhole, as you would call it, um, and into our world through a stargate, and they waged war with their other reptilians. And this was a uh, what they would call draconians. Um, they came from an, a wholly different place, and there was another race of reptilians that had been here for a long, long time that were from here, from this plane, from Earth, that had lived below the Earth for a long time, and that the giants on one side were a Nordic-type race of giants, uh, highly advanced, and that they had went underground for a long, long time, and they actually backed the <laughs> – during World War II, they oh. – su- oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I don't want to interrupt you, but that was a key part of my data with the giant of Kandahar, that they had Nordic descent. They mm-hmm. were Nordic. But they were rogue. Yeah. They'd gone wild. Yeah, and the red hair was an indicator because there was a tribe uh, that was actually um, – the th- and, and then I heard – I don't know if this is true, but like the three sons of Noah, that one of them, uh, his lineage or his race was sort of like cursed – I don't know if there's any validity to that, but he was kind of, and I can't remember which one it was. Um, I've heard it before and I can't remember off the tip of my tongue. But anyway, his lineage was supposedly tainted. Um, Like it wasn't cured of the Nephilim, whatever, because he had taken a wife. Uh, Do you know anything about that, Barton? I know there's one of them that took a wife that was not. Uh, she was not supposed to be. She was. She was. She had Nephilim DNA. Right. So I think you're talking about the uh, uh, the the bloodline of uh, Cain and Abel. No, no, no. I'm talking about no. The, the, well, that Noah. I mean, that, I'm going back to Noah, not not Cain and Abel. Cain, Cain was supposedly bred with Lilith, which was the first, according to the the Jewish tradition of the Kabbalah. Cain actually bred with with Lilith, and they created an entire race of vampiric demons which is what Orneus was and he would be the demon that actually uh in the song of solomon or the key a key of solomon um it's where you know, solomon's uh man man so he had a servant that helped him it was a man that had a son and it was said that Sol- solomon was fond of him and his son and he he cared about him and so that whenever this demon Orneus took the blood of this of this child he was killing him then then he caught he cried out and god gave him a ring and he used that ring, and with that ring, he was able to to take control of all the angels and the demons of the entire world, and they he used the demons to build the temple, the first temple. Um, so anyway, that that being said, that that's that's the bloodline of Cain. But what I'm talking about, and that goes back before um the the but what I'm talking about is after the flood, uh, which would have been toward the beginning of what the, what we would call the Kali Yuga, this age that we're living in now, the age of destruction. Um, this this is what I'm talking about is uh, um, there was a son of Noah that, that had, and it, it was the continuation of the bloodline, and it was supposed to be wiped out. Um, now, there are people that will argue, well, God doesn't make mistakes, this and that, you know. 
I don't know why it is, but they're still around. Okay. The Giants are still around and they're making a comeback too. And not only that, but the primitive, uh, the Giants of Kandahar, those aren't the ones you need to worry about. <laughs> there's an entire race of them. Um, and there's, there's good and bad, just like there are in all races. I believe that Thor was a Nordic giant. I believe he was real. I believe he really existed. Some people are just like, oh, that's crazy because they think of it as Marvel Universe comic booky Thor. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like Thor, the comic book, whatever. But this is not what I'm talking about. Thor, his mortal enemies were the ogres. Uh, the ogres were like him. Their continents and everything was like him. But they were malformed and they were evil and they were like hill giants. And they were cannibalistic. And so Thor took it upon himself to be the protector of mankind and to kill these giants and to at every chance he got. So, and finally, um, he ends up being killed by Jormungandr, the, the world serpent. Now, remember what I said earlier about how one entity can be comprised of a million little in entities. Think of a Portuguese man of war. It's many, many organisms that have come together in a, as a colony to make one organism. Now on our bodies, are trillions of cells that actually make up what we are. You're not just one, you know, organism. You're a bunch of cells that have agreed to be, okay? So that is that is the linchpin when you're looking at like uh, uh, someone like the Jormungandr. It could very well be the world serpent which coils itself around the world could be an entire race of reptilians that come together to be one large organism. I know that sounds crazy and it's hard to follow, but follow what I'm saying. At the end, it says Surtur, the fire demon, the, or the, 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 the god of fire, the evil, whatever. He comes and because everything happens all at once. Fenrir breaks his chains. He goes crazy and he eats the sun and the moon. And then Surtur strikes the world with fire. Jormungandr breaks the world apart through tidal waves. Thor is called upon to do what he's got to do. He goes and he faces Jormungandr. Jormungandr is defeated, but he dies from his wounds because he gets bitten by the poison and the reptile kills him. Now, if you look at that as an allegory, the reptile and the Nordic, and they are still at war today. It has never ended. Now, when you hear about angelic beings Oftentimes they're 10 feet tall and they have this blonde, long, blonde flowing hair. And I am almost convinced, I'm not, I'm not 100%, but I'm pretty close that I ran into one of these beings on my travels. One time I went a little too far out of my body and I came against what I thought was a wall. And I may have talked about this on my show. This wall, I look up and it's a being. It is. It has a head. It has blonde hair ice blue eyes and it's looking down at me and this thing he had his helmet on everything it was like a it was like a medieval nordic warrior and i thought for my for a minute there i thought about doing something to try to you know maybe aggressively and it was like he he, he was just looking at me very stern there was no anger or hate towards me it was just like he goes don't even try it that was just the feeling that i got from him. And it was, I don't want to call it telepathic because it's a little different communication when you're in the spirit. His spirit form was very solid. So, and, and that's hard to explain. I don't want to, I don't have time to get into that, but 
it's like it's like when you're in a certain intermediate state, even passing through a wall is not as easy as it, it may seem. But anyways, th- this being um, was very, very powerful, and he emanated a, a, a very strong presence. And I think he was wondering what I was doing there, and I couldn't even tell you where I was at or how I got there. And I was like, okay, I don't need to be here. I apologize. Please don't hurt me. And I left. That was the only thing that I can tell you about that encounter. Um, where it was, I believe it was somewhere underground. Um, how I got there, I can't really tell you. It just was, I just ended up there kind of wandering around from spot to spot. And that's when real, when the reality starts to become more real. Um, so it's hard to explain Jessica, you might understand what I'm talking about a little better. Yeah. I mean, a little bit. Yeah, I understand what you're talking about. Um, You know, I find it interesting that we've been having so many more giant sightings, too, around the world. And, you know, a lot of these videos you see online could be hoaxes, but I'm not so sure about that. I mean, you see these giants coming out of mountainsides and things like that. And and doing this remote viewing that I do, I've remote viewed several giants, including Judicola out of North Carolina. Uh, the Appalachian giant, and also in 1829, there was the Okefenokee giant down in the swamps of Florida, I mean, in Georgia, actually, on the the Georgia-Florida line, and uh, they've been here for way longer than we have, probably, you know, as normal humans, Uh, and so, but yeah, there, there is, I mean, that, what you're referring to sounds more angelic, kind of, Um, you know, I'm I'm thinking flesh and bone. You know, big giants here, mm-hmm. but um, well, yeah, because they, you're they, they definitely can be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you ever researched any of the like Patagonia, like the like uh, the giants that were encountered by the Spaniards when they arrived not in Patagonia? Yet. Oh yeah, I, you got to get no, into that. I've not yet, but I hey, I got I got plenty of time. Yeah. I will. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Kind of switching gears here from giants. You you had remote viewed. The dog attacks, the so-called dog attacks. Packs of wild dogs. Packs of wild dogs. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. There there were um, – I, I looked into unspecified animal attacks, and uh, and that included what the three targets that I did. There was one out of Texas, and it was Lipan, Texas. These are recent, so they were very – sensitive. So I had to be very careful about how I spoke about them publicly. But there was a man out of Lipan, Texas, who um, who it, it, he had a, an attack and it just seemed, uh, I think that the DNR had been in cahoots with the sheriff's department. But you understand that a lot of places um, where there are not supposed to be black panthers and certain big cats, DNR, like the wildlife management people, will fight you tooth and nail when it comes down to saying, oh, well, there it was a black panther. Because there's not supposed to be black panthers there. And if there is a black panther there, there's a whole lot of paperwork involved that they don't want to have to deal with. Um, and so they were kind of arguing back and forth about, uh, well, it wasn't a big cat that uh, attacked this guy. So I looked into that one. It turns out it was a big cat. Okay, so I looked at that was part of the remote viewing that I did for the unspecified animal attacks. Uh, and then I looked into the, the two separate cases out of East Tennessee. And, uh, and there was a, a gentleman named Tony Aarons and a, a, a female who was killed there um, right after he died. And uh, let me get her name too. 
Um, hold on, I'm pulling up my information here. Um, I have a lot of folders of remote viewing, you guys. So, um, but uh, but there there were two people who who died uh, on the same road, okay, out in East Tennessee, and uh, at two separate times, and uh, and the cause of death was a pack of wild dogs, and uh, and they were both mauled to death. It was Amber Miller, and this is in Cott County, Tennessee. And this happened uh, April of 2021 and June or July of 2021. And uh, the reports were they were both mauled by Pac's wild dogs. Well, there was a, there was a man who lived down that road who had um, something like a, a Cane Corsos. Con, con, oh, I yeah. say Cane Corsos. Cane Corsos. But, I, but I, believe, I believe they're pronounced Cane Corsos. And uh, big dogs like mastiffs, like bull mastiffs, they kind are. of. They're very vicious. They can be vicious, yes. And uh, and he had sicked one of his dogs on a police officer or somebody one day, and so there was a um, a pattern of violent dogs, okay, in the area. Um, and so, but people were saying it was a little bit weird, you know. Um, but it was it was probable, you know, like it could have happened that like his dogs got out, right? But it was really weird because the the local law enforcement had not taken those dogs in uh, to quarantine them or to put them down or anything like that. They they weren't blamed for these deaths, and these people were mauled to death. And actually, the the woman who was attacked, she lived for about five days, I believe, after this attack happened. And, um, and she was, I, I assume she was able to tell people what happened to her, but she had lost 40 something percent of her flesh off of her body. I mean, she was, she was, um, mauled, uh, and, and she lived long enough and I think her organs filled or something, but, um, but it was, it was very brutal. And so, um, people were a little suspicious as to what happened to both of them. And, uh, the law enforcement in the 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 court system there, apparently the judge had put a gag order apparently on the hospital staff uh, not to talk to reporters and um, the public about it. And so it just got really suspicious. And so, of course, I, um, I, I, I caught an interest in this and I looked into it and um, <clears throat> my data was a little interesting. Um, I immediately picked up on both of these cases that it was not a pack of wild dogs. And it, there was one big, large animal responsible for both of these deaths. I mean, a large animal. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it was, a, it was the size of a bear. Okay. And at first I was like, well, I was thinking maybe it could be a bear, but you know, as I'm remote viewing, like I don't label things. But I kept hearing in my head, like the first, the first, uh, Tony Aaron's is the one I looked in first and he was, and I kept hearing zombie bear. Okay. I was thinking, okay, <clears throat> excuse me. What is a zombie bear? First of all, and you know, and I know cryptids and I know Dogman, I know Sasquatch, but I'd never heard of a zombie bear, but I kept hearing this repeatedly, like repetitively zombie bear. And so um, I thought, well, that that's kind of weird, you know. And so I remote viewed the 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 woman who was attacked, 
And uh, I kept picking up that she was, it was, it was a large animal the size of a bear. And eventually a zombie bear came up again. And, uh, and so I saw there was a pattern where I saw that whatever attacked the man attacked the woman. Okay. It was, it was the same, you know, being, whatever this is. And, um, I, it wasn't very definitive as to like what it was, but it was a large animal that attacked both of them. And it was very savage. Um, and so of course I did like my remote viewing show on it and I, I felt really weird having to go on air and say, well, I picked up, it was a zombie bear, <laughs> you know, I don't know. You know, a lot of times my data doesn't make sense to me, but this is just what I get. And so my friend, uh, Barry Littleton heard, you know, watched the show and I'd sent him my data and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he made the connection of the, the Dewey Lake monster. Okay. And this is something that the native Americans called, I think this is in Michigan. They call it the whistling bear. And uh, and it's a, a cryptid that looks, it, it's like a Sasquatch, like a, a mutant Sasquatch species, I guess you could call it. And it looks like a bear. And it, it's almost like a mix between a gugway and a bear. And uh, And so I picked up it was that, but I also was picking up CERN for both of these targets. I was picking up CERN. And so, and... Um, you know, I, I looked it up and I was trying to figure out, like, I started researching the area and I saw that it was about a county over from Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Okay, Oak Ridge is known for being a hub for the federal government doing secret projects there, which involved the Manhattan Project, okay, where they developed the atomic bomb that they dropped on, I think it was Hiroshima back in World War II. And uh, and they work closely with CERN on the ALICE project, which is, hold on, I may have an, I have the acronym for that, uh, the a Large Ion Collider Experiment, ALICE. Okay, like the rabbit hole, going down the white rabbit hole, right, ALICE? Um, that's a project that they work on there. So they, I, I believe they have a hydron collider there at Oak Ridge. Uh, do they admit all this? I don't know. Like, I know they admit the, the Alice stuff, but I think there's a whole lot more going on there than we're aware of. Now, okay, I can relate the Alice project and CERN to, in the Hydrant Collider, to things that happened in Georgia, things that I've heard rumors about that I don't know for positive, but I know that I lived in, in downtown Atlanta when all this was going on, and uh I heard rumors that there was some sort of program going on there where they had a hydrant collider somewhere near downtown Atlanta. Um, and when they turned it on, there was chaos. There was murder. Uh, the crime rate went up. People went kind of nuts and something very dark came out of it. Um, so is that happening there, too? I don't know. I don't know, but um, what else would create a zombie bear? <laughs> you know, and, and this zombie uh, bear. Uh, Go ahead, Martin. I'm sorry, sorry, Josh, but I was just going to say that uh, 177 miles straight up from Cock County, Tennessee, is not County Kentucky, and we had a 13 year old boy who was killed up there, and what they called it, and a dog attack. 
if you ever get a chance, Jessica, I'd like to suggest you remote view that. Mm-hmm. That would be it'd be okay. interesting to to hear what you have to say about that. Sure. What happened in 2020. Yeah, I w- I'd, I would definitely will. Je- Jessica, this is zombie bear thing you were describing. You said that it looked like a cross between a gugwe. I was assuming it could have been like a Gugway type. It, it 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 appeared to be somewhat of like a mutated Sasquatch. Um, and I made that connection because with my my conversations I've had with Barry Littleton, my friend who comes on the show, who's a an experiencer, a paranormal researcher, and he he and I do a lot of things together. Like we combine our research, just like any good researcher should, you know. Um. He he does a lot of um, book research, if you know what I mean. Like, I don't want to say armchair research, you know, because that's um, I, I, it's not a, not to say that's insulting, but you know, um, he he does like the the book research, okay, and then I'm like the boots on the ground in a lot of ways, and doing the remote viewing, which is a little different. But um, but together, he and I are able to put a lot of information together and to, we, we come up with some answers, you know, uh, possibilities. And uh, and so he he helps me take all the data that I come up with and he has knowledge of things that I'm, I, I don't know about, you know. And so he said, Jessica, exactly what you described sounds like the Dewey Lake monster. It sounds like this. It sounds like that. And uh, and together, and, and we're able to put our minds together and to try to come up with some solutions and answers. So he he did say um, the Dewey Lake monster. I actually have pictures of it, like drawings and renditions of it. It does look like a bear, but it it looks like a bear, but it has kind of webbed hands and big claws and and. The one thing that kept coming out in my data with those two attacks were like these huge claws. Uh, the, and this 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 being looked like a bear. So, um, but you know, could it have been a dogman? Yeah, could it have been a Sasquatch. Sure, it was something, uh, but it definitely wasn't a pack of dogs. Yeah, it was I- not a pack. Of- Here's the thing about that the zombie bear thing. Now that's this has come up before. If you go into the Has missing four one, oh yeah, the missing four one one. People talk about the the bear people, like um, children talking about a bear um, helping them, and like actually not he- well. I guess yeah, I guess it was. It was a case where Bart. I don't know if you've you've read this. Uh, I read a story. I believe it was missing four one one, and they talk about this this bear person that helped this child. Um, and and I know that our colleague Josh Nanocchio from What Lurks Beneath, great channel by the way, and Barton has had his uh, stuff featured on there as of late, and uh, and he even wore my shirt. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Uh, he was wearing a Paranormal Roundtable shirt the other day. But uh, Josh Nanocchio had a show about Yellowstone, and one of the things that that is a very interesting show. I'd encourage anyone listening to this go check that out on about Yellowstone. Um, and there were these attacks that were taking place and these creatures, they can only describe them as a type of bear people. And they had like, these, uh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they had like these blue markings on them. 
um, like underneath the fur, they could they could kind of make out like this. And there was a guy that was held hostage by them. Um, and it's it's a really weird. Wow. Yeah, it's really weird. If you go back and listen to the Yellowstone, now here, here's the thing: I got one story, one story involving something like similar to that. And this person sent me this story a long time ago. It's very brief, but they were in Yellowstone. They were hiking. And uh, they 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 lived in Montana, so it wasn't like they were. It wasn't like there was a. It was an unusual thing for them to go to Yellowstone. Um, they lived in southern Montana, and so they were in Yellowstone, and they were hiking. It was a guy and his girlfriend, and he claimed to have witnessed. She caught only a glimpse of this thing, but it looked like the the arm of a man, like it was a the right arm, I believe he said. And it had a weird, like it had like a weird tattoo looking thing on it, like like a, like a person would have, but it was like a circle. He could see it on his shoulder that it was like almost like a uh, with like an arrowhead in the middle of it. And he thought it was very; it almost looked like a, like a designation for a military unit. Um, but the rest of the body, he thought it at first it was it was a man, it was a gigantic man about seven foot tall that was covered in, in an animal skin. Then he realizes that the, that this bear head is its actual head. Whoa. Yeah. And the right arm, he could see <laughs> yeah. it. And so, and this guy, and it's, it's, it's uh kind of freaky, man. He gives me this story, but anyway, I'll call him K cause I don't yet have permission to just come out and say his name, but I mean, I'll call him K for now, but I'm trying to, I'm going to try and get him on the show to tell the story. It's not a real long encounter, but the fact that he saw that and then his girlfriend caught a glimpse of it as it was walking from the backside, she didn't see the front or the side view of it, which has happened to me and my wife. My wife and me, she saw what she swears up and down was a Sasquatch. And what I saw was like the backside of something. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. It had to have been some sort of bipedal something or another, but I can't claim a, a Sasquatch sighting because I didn't see a head. I didn't see the body. I didn't see all the body like she did, and she just saw it from the side profile. Said it didn't have a snout, so I'm assuming that's a Sasquatch. But anyway, it it was one of those where she doesn't know what she saw, but she saw something weird. But he definitely saw it full on, and he said that 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 they both described the smell of like death, like blood and rot. Um, wow. and, and they felt like this creature. There was there was more than just that one creature, but they couldn't see it. Because they heard a weird, like, like kind of a guttural, um, the way they describe like a, da -da 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 -da. I can't, I can't do it, like a, da -da 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 -da, like stuttering, um, that it comes from the throat, and and the way that he, when he did it, he, I could, he, he like, did it perfectly, like the, like the way he said he'd been practicing to try to, to, to show me. And she's like, that's what it sounded like. I can't redo what he did, you know. But anyway. You know what? That's something that did come up in both of these targets I did with the two people who were killed in East Tennessee was this horrible stench that came with this beast that, that attacked them. Uh, it had a terrible stench to it, like a bad odor. So it, it's kind of correlating with what you were just talking about um, with whatever those, your, those people saw and they, they said that it smelled bad. So, and we get that a lot with, you know, Bigfoot, Sasquatch. Um, they smell bad. Oh, yeah. They have a horrible odor um, that, that goes beyond like any, because, you know, and somebody had, had told me this when I was doing some research in, in an area in between Lexington um, and Rockdale, I, I had researched a case of a Bigfoot because there was something that happened when I was a kid. 
to some fam a family friends of ours that their chickens were killed. And so I, I had done, I had gotten a, research, a, a Bigfoot sighting in that area. So I went out there with my brother and we went out there, we checked it out because me and my brother used to kind of do like research together, you know, going and looking at stuff, checking it out. And one of the things that, that came up was this person talking about how bad the smell was from this thing. It was, it was just an encounter with someone who had seen it on their property. It literally walked across their lawn. It had happened like back in the mid nineties or I think it was like 1998 or something like that. And, um, they were telling us about it and we went out there because we had, uh, my, my dad and my stepmother had lived out there close to that area. And so we were like, Hey, you know, we could go out there and we could check it out. And my, my, uh, my stepmom, I guess they knew who she, they knew her, who she was, whatever. So we went out there and we checked it out. The report of the stench, uh, one of the things the guy said was like, he's an avid hunter and he had killed hogs and he had killed, you know, elk and deer and all kinds of stuff. He had traveled all over to hunt and he's like, I, he was taking out the garbage and at the garbage, they would burn in part of the trash. So he was going out and into like about an acre behind his property to burn the trash away from the the storage sheds and the and the carport and of course the house but he was bur- he was burning some trash and he said this thing walked right across the, the 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 yard the lawn and stared right at him he's just sitting there in disbelief you know and he said that the thing he thinks that uh, it was kind of hiding in the in some brush but when he started messing with the fire it brought it out and he said that the smell was so overpowering it almost knocked him over. He said, I could have passed out from it. And he asked me about it. He said, why is it that that smelled so bad? Because a lot of people will say, well, they live their whole lives out in the woods and that's why they smell that way. Okay. Why don't other wild animals smell like that? Yeah. I've asked that question and nobody can answer me. I've had all these Bigfoot researchers and all these whatever tell me, well, it's because they live out in the woods. And if you lived out in the woods your whole life and you didn't bathe, you'd stink too. And I'm like, yeah. And uh, I, I, you don't get around, you know, another animal like a deer or a hog. And all of a sudden it's just an overpowering smell that wants to knock you dead. Those animals have never right. bathed. I mean, what is the deal? What? Why is that? Why does it smell like sulfur and death? It's because it's not a natural animal. Not at all. It's I was going to say, way. maybe yeah. it's demonic (laughs) yeah i mean it was is that was that what you you guys think i mean um why do dog man and 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 bigfoot now here's the here's the rub the thing about dog man though is that it doesn't always have a smell i don't remember a smell associated with the one i saw maybe i wasn't close enough or maybe i was just terrified i don't know but i do get that quite a bit with bigfoot it's just like it's this nasty overpowering odor and and there was a case in Idaho I'm not going to get into this whole case or whatever but this woman said that it made her eyes burn and her nose burn and that her and her husband and her stepdaughter were like sneezing so I don't know it, it was so nasty it was so bad um you know what is that I mean you know like it was it was near Bryanhead but if you uh, uh that was Utah I'm sorry it was in Utah near Bryanhead and so when you, when you get into these cases have you remote viewed any of that, like uh, Jessica, to kind of figure out why? Like maybe there's something to it, or I mean, I remote viewed a lot of stuff, but never why they stink. 
<laughs> I've never looked into that. Actually, that's a, it, that's very it's an interesting angle. I need to take that and uh, go with it because I I have no idea. I mean, I really don't know. Um, I mean, I've, I've smelled some stenches out in those woods, so um, you know, who knows? That would be something good to look into. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that would be an interesting uh, to try to figure out like what what that could be. Um, now you we're talking about Bigfoot, so let me ask you a question, Jessica. What about Port Lock? Because you said you'd remote Lock, view Alaska. Port Lock, Alaska, because that, oh Lord, yeah. yes, yes, I did. And you know what's interesting is like I actually after I did that, I actually talked to Ron Moorhead, who went out there not too long ago, and uh, he was telling me how uh, it, it's a pretty a pretty creepy place. I remote viewed Port Lock, Alaska, and it was the mystery behind it and uh, all of the the deaths that happened there. Uh, and for people who are not familiar with Port Lock, um, hold on, let me pull my folder out, and I will we'll we'll get into it real quick. Um, here it is. So Port Lock, Alaska. Um, there's only a, a few homes left there, and and like ruins, kind of, because the entire town packed up and left. Um, a village, uh, the Aleut, I believe is how you pronounce it. Um, people on the southern tip of the Kainai Pen- Peninsula had a settlement there until about the 1780s. It used to be a thriving town, okay, uh, for a while. Uh, like they, they opened up a cannery there, like a fishery, uh, back in the early 1900s. And uh, around the 1950s, uh, everybody left. Okay, um, because there were people going missing all over this village. They were going missing and like bodies were washing up on the shore with like just body parts. And um, people were getting torn to shreds. Okay, and uh, and there were large bipedal, let's just call them Sasquatches (laughs) seen all around the area. Um, There were, you know, gold mines, different mines there as well. And uh yeah, it was uh, people would go into the woods and they'd never come back. And then like their head would be found or their body parts or something. Um, and so I, um, you know, it, it, in around 1949, 1950, the entire village left in mass. OK, everybody. I mean, it was like the 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 locals were like, yeah, we're done. Everybody leave. We've had 30 people go missing this year, you know, um, and they've all, you know, a lot of their bodies have washed up to shore. Let's get out of there. Um, and so the townspeople, um, after 50 years of destruction and people going missing, they all left. Um, I think the last person that was there was their postmaster. He stayed for an extra year all by himself there. He was a very brave person. Um, but <laughs> he ended up leaving too. He was crazy. Yes. But, um, but yeah, there were footprints found and, um, and there were, you know, you know, Sasquatches seen in the area. Well, I remote viewed it. Okay, because the local said there was, I forgot the name of the, they had a name for a a hairy bipedal thing that was uh, attacking everyone. Well, I looked it up. There was actually an entire clan is what they were, what they were called. It was like a clan of Bigfoot and they were, they were very violent. Um, They, the people who had moved in there and were doing the fishery and the cannery, they had trespassed in, in their eyes, okay? And they had, um, they, they were living there, trying to live there, 
you know, peacefully with them. But when they passed over what they called the kill zone, okay, there was like a kill zone. And whenever anyone like a logger or someone that went in to go uh, chop wood to go build a house, if they crossed over that kill zone, they were fair game. And the Bigfoots there were violent and they were they were not only cannibals, but they were eating humans. So um, if you if you overstepped your boundaries, they would eat you, literally. And uh, right, they called them the the Nantinock. The Nantinock, that's right. The yeah. Nantinock, absolutely. So anybody who crossed their line, that was their territory. They were um, they they were predators, okay, and uh, and they would hunt these people down, and they would. Uh, kill them and eat them. So that did happen. Um, 100% did happen. Okay. And I know they've got shows about it today and all that kind of stuff, but it really happened. And um, yeah. Um, there, let's see. Is there anything exciting? Yeah, that, that was it. They, they just, um, they're there to this day, by the way. They're still there. Um, so I absolutely would not go there if I were you. <laughs> I wouldn't go there unless I was heavily armed and had a bunch of bodyguards around me 24-7. Um, now, here's another uh, interesting thing about that is that I also remote viewed the Dark Pyramid or the Black Pyramid in Alaska. Uh, now, for those of you who are not familiar with the Black Pyramid, this was something that is a rumor. Uh, people weren't sure if this was real or not. Let me see if I can find that folder real quick. Um, I looked into the Dark Pyramid, and I actually had a friend of mine who is a remote viewer who lives in Idaho uh, do this target with me because it's, it's always good to have someone else uh, do a target to see if we both get the, the same data. And guess what? We did. <laughs> okay. We both came up with the same data, and uh, it turns out there's this huge pyramid. It's bigger than the Pyramid of Giza. And it's in Alaska. You know, there's a lot of stuff hidden in Alaska that the government doesn't want us to know about. And, you know, they lie about. Uh, but I did get that there's a, a gigantic pyramid. It's very ancient. Uh, it's covered in hieroglyphics, uh, just like the Egyptians did. Uh, I think that some, uh, well, this is, gonna, this is getting kind of deep, right? But I, I believe that there are civilizations that came from Mars and other planets and they settled here. And I think it was probably um, some of them that actually constructed this. Okay, but um, it has connections to the moon as well. But anyways, um, yeah, it's a no-go zone. And uh, this is heavily guarded. Um, it's a power source, okay, and it's made out of obsidian. <clears throat> There's a whole lot to this thing. It's like a power source, a generator, an energy field. Uh, there's reasons that the governments and whoever's guarded is heavily guarded. Like I said, <clears throat> they don't want us to know about it. Um, it. It has the ability to destroy the world. Okay. I was picking up Thanos vibes. If you guys know who Thanos is from Marvel. No, who's that? Comics. Right. <laughs> you know who that is, Josh. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, but anyways, uh, so the dark pyramids there, when I was exploring that, I was picking up on a whole bunch of, um, energy weapons and things like that. And I also picked up on those with the Portlock, Alaska case, right? Energy weapons. And uh, that's like harp, okay? Like the weather manipulation and things like that. These high frequency, um, I'm going to call them weapons, okay? 
And, uh, and what that is, it, it actually, these are all, these all sit within the Alaska Triangle. And the Alaska Triangle is like the Bermuda Triangle, but it's in Alaska and it's like an area of high strangeness. And like when you fly over it, your, you know, your compass and all that stuff, your equipment starts to malfunction, just like the Bermuda Triangle. And, uh, and I have a friend up there named Fred, Fred in Alaska, who has his own YouTube channel. <clears throat> He's a, a Sasquatch researcher in a, a, an, a tribe elder of the Kiryong tribe up there. And um, Native American. Okay. And uh, he, he's he been on my show a couple of times. He's a friend of mine. And uh, he, he said he's flown in airplanes over this area where the Black Pyramid is. And uh, the equipment malfunctioned and the radios were, went wonky. And, uh, and actually a voice came over the radio and, and they got too close to where the, the pyramid was. And they said, uh, yeah, you need to turn around now or else <laughs> like a voice came over the radio and was like, turn around. You were in a no fly zone, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, even though this is not supposed to be there, <clears throat> but anyways, um, yeah, it's, uh, I believe that the, okay. They say that wildlife in the, the Alaska triangle is way more violent against humans, way more violent. And that, that would include Sasquatch. Okay. In my opinion, and that's, you know, that includes Portlock, Alaska. That includes where the Black Pyramid is, all this stuff. But you got to think, like, there's also all that wet weather manipulation going on up there. Like, the harp is located. There's, there's like, a harp center up there. And um, Lord knows what all they got going on up there. We, we don't know. But it, it adds to the high strangeness to uh, what goes on in Alaska. And I think what it's doing, it, it those Sasquatch clans that are in the Portlock area, I think that they are agitated. I think that they're agitated. I think that they're probably hearing these high-pitched frequencies all the time. And it's just pissing them off left and right, you know. And, yes, they probably are more mad. And they they probably do hate humans. Um, Why do you think that is? But that's is? just from my data. Well, I think it's because of the the, the frequencies and the, the, the man-made um, – high-pitched sounds and things like that that are going up all that those energy weapons that are up there i think they're, they're just pounding pounding all the wildlife all the time up there probably the humans too and, and it makes them more agitated or, or violent just, oh yeah, yeah okay. violent. against yeah. anything and everything it's like a constant dog whistle okay that's that's how i would describe it but humans humans can't hear it and you think the pyramid was built by an ancient civilization that came from another place, like, like, like Mars? Mars. Mars. I picked up Mars. Yeah. What did you get from the uh, remote viewing of the Dark Pyramid of Alaska as far as, like, the people who created it? Or, or did, did they, what, what did they look like? What, what, were they giants or what were they? Um, you know what? I didn't pick up that they were giants. Um, they were, I, I didn't, I don't know. Okay. I didn't pick up like what they looked like. Um, but I just picked up like what was made there. It, it was the same people who made the, the same, uh, culture, let's say that created the pyramids in Egypt and the pyramids all over our world. Okay. Um, but this is one of the first ones is what I was picking up. Uh, they they came to Earth. They they did they built this here, uh, and it's it's just got a whole lot to do with energy flow and energy and gener uh, energy generators and things like that. Um, 
Something about that had some connection to the dark side of the moon, uh, but they came from Mars. Uh, this is a no-go zone. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't pick up on exactly what the people look like, but they're otherworldly. Uh, we would consider them extraterrestrials. But I honestly, I from my data that I got, I pick up that like they're extraterrestrials, but they are what we are today, mm. if that makes sense. Does that make sense? So, 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 so we are us. So, like, we that's our ancestors. That's kind of what I picked up. Yeah. Wow. So, that's what the pyramids. So, the, the these beings came from Mars and then and they created our pyramids. I believe so. At least the dark pyramid. Yeah. Well, the dark pyramid. I mean, and, wh- and that's the other th- question I was going to ask is why is that one black? It's made of obsidian. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is that, yeah, uh, I well, it's because it's some sort of a conductor. It's a, it's a crystal, so it has powers. It has some kind of power. Um, it's energy. I don't I don't know a whole lot about obsidian, but I know it's a crystal. Um, and uh, and I know that Tanya, who remote viewed it, also we she lives across the country from me, and I just was like, hey, we do you want to remote view this, you know, and, uh, and so she did her session. I did mine. And then we combined our data and we were both, we were giddy like schoolgirls Cause we had come up with the same data. Are you talking about Tanya Braddock? Tanya Braddock. Yeah. 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 So I had a question about that because, okay, this is so interesting. If, if these are the people, or, I mean, like, are they're, they're us, like we're, they're, they're our, our progenitors, whatever, then how does, how do the giants fit into that? Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know. I, I haven't looked into that. So I, I'm not sure. I have, I have no idea. Well, I don't like this. This is, this makes me think. I'm just kidding. I'm yeah, you know, right? I mean, it's, listen, it's all weird. Look, we have, we've covered a lot of bases tonight. Yeah. I have no idea. Like, it's so a bunch of random stuff, but I think it's all connected. It is in some weird way. So you say the, yeah. Jessica, you say the entire the entire pyramid is built made of obsidian rock. Obs- obsidian crystal. Is it yes. solid so. or is it hollow inside? Or no, it's hollow inside. It's actually like uh, because I ended up. When I remote viewed it, I was getting the outside of the pyramid and I was seeing hieroglyphs. I saw hieroglyphics all over it, right? Like Egyptians uh, drew. Tanya was inside the pyramid. She was inside it. I was outside of it remote viewing it. She was inside of it. There were caverns. It was like a, a it's a whole building. Like it's, it's got all sorts of stuff inside of it. It's, um, it's, it's not just like a, a, a hollow pyramid. It's a facility. It's like a big, gigantic place. But it, but it's yeah. defunct now, right? No, it is active. It's oh active. my gosh! So there's it beings is, inside of it. Yes, it's currently protected by governments and militaries and stuff. Yeah. What the heck? So, you can't uh, get anywhere near it. Oh, so, okay. So the people, in your opinion, I guess I should say, the people that that originally built it. They're long gone, and it's just uh, it, it, did they die out, and then our government co-opted? I that that's what I kind of what I picked up. Yeah, it's very ancient. I mean, it's super super ancient. 
Yeah. Um, because our but, civilization. But there are modern day people there protecting it for whatever reason. It's almost like hidden, um, hidden ancient history kind of stuff, you know, like eh, it's, it's off limits to us, us normies, you yeah. know, <laughs> us common folk. It's it's off limits because Bar- yeah. Barton, you know, we we've talked about this. Me and Barton have spent many hours just talking about this kind of stuff, and we've we've actually interviewed probably fifty people who just on the phone without even actually recording it. And then I, I was like, Barton, we're having all these conversations with these people. We need to just start recording it, <laughs> you know, because right. we were talking to Steve Stockton, Josh Nokia, and we're on the phone for hours with these people, Lyle Blackburn, and we're like. Why don't we just start recording these discussions, and then we can make like a series of do- you know, like like a, like a like a, a series of interviews with some of the more prominent people in this in this field, or that people that should be more prominent in this field, um, like you, Jessica. I think that you and, and I think we can definitely work together because I think that you have a lot of people that you've interviewed that I'd like to talk to, and vice versa. And I think we could help each other. That's what we've done with Bettina because. We we started going through, and I was like, you know, she introduced me to Josh Nokio, and in turn, I've introduced her to a bunch of different people, and so we just kept going, you know. And I'm like, you know what? We we should build from this, you know, build a community that that we can all, you know, and we should try to put out as much information as possible and give people food for thought, and then they can come to their conclusions, but. I think it's all pushing us in the same direction. And one of the things I was going to tell you, um, like with your, with your remote viewing. Okay. One of the things that was interesting is that you said, Tanya, she lives on the other side of the country. Well, she lives on the West coast. She's in Idaho. Idaho. Okay. Well, okay. She's in the West and you're in Georgia. And the cool thing about it is y'all can get together and remote view and figure. Yeah. So I I propose Definitely. that y'all teach me and <laughs> yeah. Barton how to do this so we can figure out what our wives are thinking and why they're mad all the time. Because right, that's yeah. the we'll great mystery know. you were trying to figure out. Like like <laughs> I, and my go wife's go gonna eat, kill me for right? saying that I'm playing, honey. I'm just joking. I'm them's jokes, some jokes, girl. Don't get mad, Nelly. Oh my god! Um, it's really Barton. Barton always the ones talking about, it, not me. Um, but. Uh, don't worry, I won't tell him, Nelly. Okay, asking for a friend if you could. I won't. I won't tell him. We're not, I'm not teaching you. You're not going to give me the secrets of, <laughs> the, of, the, of why women are upset all the time. So, so the thing is, right. Barton, you, you've done so much research in the LBL, and and I have to ask this because I've never asked this question to you. But have, have you ever thought about remote viewing yourself just to see what the heck is going on? No, I mean I've never honestly put much stock in it until I talked to Jessica. But getting back to the obsidian, and that's a uh, it's it's used like it for transformation of and uh, manifestation and psychic ability. Mm-hmm. It's a strongly pr- protective type of rock. It's, it's supposedly forms a shield against negativity and blocks psychic attacks, and absorbs negative energy. So I know that the Native Americans really like to use obsidian to make their spear points and and uh, projectile points in their yeah, they're highly valued. If you recall in the Game of Thrones, uh, the only thing I could kill the White Walkers was the obsidian mm-hmm. yeah. uh, knives, right? That, that they found. So yeah, obsidian does have spiritual meaning. Yeah, think about it because the Aztecs used obsidian; they didn't have uh, metal. Well, I, Aztecs used it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of a lot of the 
the Mayans. Uh, yeah, Mayans used it. Yeah, so it had it did have a special meaning to them, and it was it was more of a spiritual type of uh, stone. And I've seen Mayan uh, examples of, of flint napping. It was just mind boggling. It's just crazy, intricate, you know, carvings out of this obsidian. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'd love to have something like that. But yeah, it's it's it has a lot of meaning. And to think that an entire pyramid pyramid is built out of that, larger than the Great Pyramid, did you say, of Giza? Jessica? Yes, that's right. Wow, that's just it just boggles the mind. And obsidian is one of the sharpest too stones. I mean, like it it, it can right. cut you very easily. It's it, it, you can sharpen it. I think probably better than you can metal. I mean, sharper than. You know, it's it's unreal how sharp it can be. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's brittle, like glass for sure. Mm-hmm. It's very brittle, though. That's the only that's the difference. Okay, folks. So that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, tune into the next episode where I return with my guests and with Barton Nunley. And thank you for listening to PRT. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Good night. Mm-hmm.